welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches a message entitled, The Pollution Solution. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Zechariah chapter 3. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Zechariah chapter 3. There you find a court scene. A court scene. There is the accused and the accuser. And there is the advocate and judge. And I titled it the pollution solution. The pollution solution. The Environmental Protection Agency is hard at work to give us a cleaner environment to live. We learn now, of course, President Reagan knew years ago, but now we learn through research done in Germany that plants pollute. Also we know animals pollute. Of course, man pollutes too. Western man and Western woman is very careful to clean his house and clean his person. He's also very careful to wear clothes that are without any stain. But what about the internal pollution? The stain of human heart. The Pharisees claimed to be very clean externally. But Jesus exploded their self-confidence. When he said, out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what make a man unclean. This internal pollution is also the cause of environmental abuse and destruction. Isaiah said, all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteousness is like filthy rags. Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can understand human heart Jeremiah says again although you wash yourself with soda and use an abundance of soap the stain of your guilt is still before me declares the sovereign Lord Job said how can a mortal man be righteous before God How can one born of a woman be clean? The solution to pollution is not in man. God must clean us up and our environment. God must create a new man, a new heaven, and a new earth where dwells righteousness. In Zechariah 3 we see an unclean high priest. The accused. I said it's a court to see the accused. 
who is the accused Joshua the high priest the son of Josedek and Zechariah whose name means God remembers remembers his promise to save us Zechariah one who is born in Babylon and came to Jerusalem Zechariah a young priest prophet prophesied to the remnant of the Jews in Jerusalem two months after Haggai came onto the scene these prophets encouraged the people to rebuild the temple in 520 BC in the 11th month of the second year of King Darius Zechariah was given eight visions in one setting what we have in chapter 3 of Zechariah is the fourth vision he saw Joshua the high priest ministering to the Lord clothed in extremely filthy clothes the angel of the Lord was present representing Yahweh Tzabayoth the Lord of hosts the Lord of the armies of heaven and earth and the one who is in control of all things so the accuser is Satan the accused is Joshua the high priest representing all the people of God and there is the advocate who is also the judge the angel of the Lord now it is interesting when you read verse 2 of chapter 3 you find two Jehovah's two Yahweh's the angel of the Lord is called Yahweh as well as Yahweh Sabaoth two persons of the Trinity both persons are God both are God so secondly the accuser who is the accuser here in chapter 3 we read the word Satan Ha Satan the Satan it's a Hebrew word Satan is a Hebrew word and this Hebrew word Satan appears 14 times in Job chapter 1 and 2 when Satan was accusing Job of hypocrisy and the accuser Satan is standing on the right side of Joshua the high priest which was the place the prosecuting attorney stood let's turn to Psalm 109 and verse 6 appoint an evil man to oppose him let the accuser stand at his right hand so here then the accuser ha satan the satan stands at the right hand of Joshua the high priest we see Satan as the accuser of God's people in Revelation chapter 12 verse 20 where he is called Hokategor the accuser he is also called in Revelation 12 13 as the dragon Hodragon 
is the old serpent, the dragon. Satan is the adversary, the opponent, the enemy of God and God's people. He opposes God's plan to save his elect sinners. But Satan is a creature. He is not almighty or all wise. So he could not frustrate God's plan of saving his people through the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman would surely crash his head. I want you to know that Satan sometimes tells truth. And this time he did tell truth. He was telling truth when he accused Joshua the high priest. That he was a sinner. Full of it. He was clothed in filthy. The word filthy there means extremely filthy. That is this high priest as he was ministering to the Lord was clothed in extremely filthy clothes. In other words the high priest who was ministering before the angel of the Lord was a sinner. And what Satan said is true. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it was this Satan who caused. Adam and Eve to sin. Notice Satan, he solicits you to sin, seduces you to sin, and then accuses you for sinning. How clever he is. And he thinks that God is not going to save you because you are a sinner. So what Satan is saying is that the ministry, the mediatorial ministry... Of this high priest is absolutely invalid because he's a sinner. The logic is this. How can a sinful high priest atone for the sins of God's remnant people? If Joshua is unclean, his ministry is invalid. The elect people of God have no atonement, no mediator. The conclusion then, the people of God cannot be saved. The conclusion is God has failed and Satan has won. This is the assumption. Not so fast, Satan. The devil can accuse, but he is not the judge. He has no power to condemn. God is greater than Satan. Let's praise God. And his love for us is greater than the power of our sin. He accused Joshua, the high priest. And he accused saints in Revelation 12. He accused the great reformer Martin Luther. When he was at the Wartburg Castle in Germany being protected from his enemies one night the devil appeared to him in the winter of 1521 Luther was given to depression just like I am given to depression and the devil appeared with a long scroll containing all his sins 
And Luther said to the devil that he was right about the sin list. But he said the devil, he said to the devil, devil, the list is not complete. There are certain sins I committed, the Lord alone knows. And then he said to the devil, to write at the bottom of the scroll, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. That's not all he took then. His ink bottle and threw at him in the middle of the night. He resisted the devil and the devil departed. You can go to the Wartburg Castle today and still see the ink mark on the wall. Satan is the accuser. He comes in the middle of the night and accuses you. And if you don't know the gospel, you cannot resist him. Third, we have an advocate. Thank God we have a competent advocate to defend us. St. John tells us in 1 John chapter 2, if anybody sins, and the truth is we all sin. If anybody sins, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. We have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Here in Zechariah 3, the Yahweh, the angel of the Lord, is the advocate for Joshua. The truth is, the high priest is filthy. Extremely filthy. He is, as Isaiah said, unclean. His righteousness is like filthy rag. And not only that, he cannot cleanse himself. He is unrighteous. He is under the wrath of God. He is unfit to represent God's people. Cannot save himself or God's people. But that's not the end of the story. Now here comes the able advocate to defend Joshua and his people against Satan. Joshua, like Naaman of old, is covered with sin. He's full of guilt. The Bible says wages of sin is death. Joshua deserves to be put to death. Yet the angel of the Lord comes to his defense. You read the chapter. The angel of the Lord says to Satan, The Lord Almighty rebuke you. And then he repeats, the Lord Almighty rebuke you, the Lord Sabaoth, the Lord of the armies of heaven and earth, the Lord who controls the whole history and universe. What does it mean, the Lord Almighty rebuke you? This means the Lord Almighty, the judge of all the earth, completely defeat your opposition. God has planned his salvation. You, Satan, planned the damnation of Joshua. May the Lord rebuke you means that it shall not prosper. Your plan would come to naught. And then we are given reason why this will be so. 
that Satan will not succeed in frustrating God's plan of saving a sinful people for himself. And that plan is given if you read it. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem. That's number one reason. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Let's praise God for election. Election. We glory in election. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem means the Lord has chosen his people. Jerusalem stands for God's people. The Lord has chosen to save his people before the creation of the world. And they shall be saved from their sins. So St. Paul tells us in Ephesians 1, God chose us in Jesus Christ before the creation of the world that we should be holy and blameless in his sight. And we shall be holy and blameless in his sight. And we are holy and blameless in his sight. God has decreed. And who can frustrate his decree? But there is a second reason. Who is this Joshua? A stick snatched from the fire. That comes from Amos chapter 4 verse 11. He says stick, a brand snatched from the burning fire. Joshua was a burning in the fire. God came and snatched him out of total destruction from the fire of God's own wrath and chastisement of exile. Joshua could not save himself. The soul that sinneth it shall die. The wages of sin is death. But all of a sudden God came and snatched him out. He's safe. He lives. And no one is able to snatch me out of God's hand. Satan can never accuse us and snatch us out of God's hand and be thrown back into the fire. It will not happen. This is life eternal. This is eternal security. If you want it, it's there in the Bible. Some people don't like it. Well, you don't have to have it. I like it. (laughs) Joshua is given eternal life. And he shall never perish. The angel of the Lord snatched him out of destruction. Listen to the command of the angel of the Lord, our advocate. First is negative. Take off his filthy clothes. See, he cannot do it. He cannot save himself. Take off his filthy clothes. Then listen to it. It says, see. See, that's what see means. Open your eyes. Behold. Think. Look at. Read the book. Understand the gospel. See. I have, not anybody else, God is saying, I have taken away what? All your sin. Let's praise Him. Not just part, 
not just taken away one sin and left millions of others or he took away millions of others just left one see understand the gospel look at the book see I have taken away not anybody else there is no other savior the angel of the Lord I have taken away and what else all your sins if it is true it is the past and the present and the future hallelujah let's praise the Lord this is forgiveness of all his sins this is complete cleansing this is the pollution solution the truth is no more filth remains on him in God's sight this is justification this is why Luther threw the ink bottle at the devil the blood of Jesus God's son cleanses us from all sin that's negatively speaking but positively he says I will put rich resplendent glorious brilliant garments on you hallelujah not only negatively taking away our sins but positively putting that rich garments and a turban on your head which says holiness to the Lord in other words I reinstate you as my high priest your sin problem has been solved forever let's turn to some scriptures to understand this let's turn to uh, Psalm 32 David gave us this wonderful psalm and verse 2 blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him but this is amazing defense isn't it did you sin yes are you guilty yes are you filthy yes and then the verdict comes you are not guilty and not only that you are righteous you never sinned it's just amazing notice blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him that doesn't mean he doesn't count against he does count against another he's just God is just but thank God he didn't count against us let's praise the Lord Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 5. And uh, this is what C means. You must know the scripture. Because he's going to come after you. He's going to accuse you. And if you don't have the gospel, (laughs) you cannot resist the devil. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning with verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ notice not counting men's sins against them why is it it is counted against his own son and verse 21 God made him who had no sin that is Jesus Christ to be sin for us and so punished so that in him we might become the righteousness of God rich garments glorious garments hallelujah 
Turn to First Peter 3. And uh, let me read to you f- from uh, Peter's point of view. First Peter 3 and verse 18. For Christ died. Oh, here it is then. Counted against him. For Christ died for sins. That is our sins once for all. Then the righteous, hallelujah, for the unrighteous. And what is the ultimate purpose? To bring you to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 9. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 9. Here is a great Pharisee who thought he was completely righteous and faultless. Let's see what he says in verse 9. And be found in him not having a righteousness of my own. Which is what? Filthy. All self-righteousness. Filthy. Rags. Stench in the nostrils of God. And yet every day you hear people justifying themselves. Not having a righteousness of my own. That comes from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 53. We, we studied it when we went through the book. Isaiah 53 and verse 11. It says, after the suffering of his soul, that is... Our Lord Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord in this chapter, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many. Or turn to Isaiah 61 and verse 10. This is... Isaiah himself praising God as he understood this message. This idea of justification. Notice verse 10. That's what happens. See, I have taken away all your sin. See, I have put on you rich garments. When you understand the gospel, this is what you will do. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. And what's the reason? For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. Let's praise him. Hallelujah. <laughs> rich garments. Turn to Psalm 139 and uh, verse 9. There are so many scriptures relating to this. Psalm 132 verse 9. May your priests be clothed with righteousness. May your saints sing for joy. Let's turn to Matthew 22. You just re- recently read this chapter. Remember the story. There's a great feast. And it is free. Anybody can come. And everything is provided. We assume all that. Everything is provided. Provision for bathing. And provision for clothing. Everything is there. And look at verse 11. Of Matthew 22. 
But when the king came to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? How many people are trying to get to heaven without the righteousness of Christ on the basis of their own filthy garments? And they shall never be admitted. Notice, friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, the picture of hell. I'll turn to the book of Revelation. In chapter 19, verse 7 and 8. Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let's rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. (laughs) This is the requirement. You have to have clothes, wedding clothes, rich garments. Nothing less than the righteousness of Christ himself. Fine linen, bright and clean was given to wear. That was a gift. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. But even our righteous acts are produced within us by God and we cannot claim that it is ours the rich garments do not belong to Joshua it is an alien garment he is given the alien righteousness a righteousness from God apart from the law I say salvation is by grace through faith the angel of the Lord shut the mouth of the accuser, Satan. You don't see him there again. He's gone forever. Hallelujah. <laughs> you do not hear from him again. He may come again and again like a roaring lion trying to devour the theologically ignorant. Those who are stupid, they come to church, they never learn anything. They don't want to see, they don't want to be enlightened. In terms of this great salvation. So the devil comes. I say resist the devil by the truth. We are told they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And the word of their testimony. He must flee from God's people and he shall. This advocate the angel of the Lord. In the fullness of time. Came to this world. Let's read uh, the book of Zechariah chapter 3. And this is already prophesied here. Chapter 3 and, and verse 8. I am going to bring my servant. The branch. See the stone I have set in front of Joshua. There are seven eyes on that one stone. And I will engrave an inscription on it. Says the Lord Almighty. This is the Lord Sabaoth. And notice, I will remove the sin of this land in a single day. Tell me, what was that day? Hmm? Uh, The Good Friday. That's the day. In a single day. So here it is already prophesied that the Messiah, also called the branch, also called the stone with seven eyes. He will remove your sin in one day. Hallelujah. You see, our salvation doesn't depend on Joshua, the son of Josedek. 
Our salvation depends on this one who shall come in the fullness of time, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem us from the law. Hallelujah. He's called my servant. You know why? He alone obeyed God completely. We are told he always pleased the Lord. And finally he goes to Calvary to die in our place because it was the will of God. He's also called the branch. That is a messianic term means he is the Davidic king who has authority to rule. Not only he is savior but he is also your king. To say that you can receive Jesus as savior but not as king is utter theological garbage. And yet that is the dominant idea in the evangelical world today. Not only that he is called stone with seven eyes. Well, stone means our foundation. (laughs) Our foundation. But it also means, Daniel chapter 2, 34 and 35, he is the judge, he is the stone that is coming down to destroy every opposition once for all. So don't tell me that you want to receive Jesus as Savior. You better receive him as Savior and King. As well as your foundation and above all, the church. All judgment is given to him. Hallelujah. He is the Messiah who as God's servant will do all God's will. And as the true high priest offer himself as the perfect eternal sacrifice for our sins. You read the book of Hebrews and that, will, that is a commentary on this chapter. He will defeat Satan. He will crush his head by his own death on the cross. Who is this Messiah? Who is this servant? Who is this branch? Who is this stone with seven eyes? He is the angel of the Lord incarnate. He is the second person of the Trinity incarnate. He is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the righteous servant who by his knowledge justifies the many. By his merit, he forgives all of our sins. By his righteousness, he clothes us. If you are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, praise God. Just celebrate. Hallelujah. Rejoice and be glad. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the solution for all pollution, particularly the internal pollution. The total depravity of man. No soda, no chemicals can cleanse us. The blood of Jesus does. Hallelujah. But the question is, how can God justify the guilty, the wicked? Well, by the death of the innocent God-man in place of the wicked. This is the genius of the whole sacrificial system. A substitute will do it. Not goats, not lamb, not bull. They were all pointing to this angel of the Lord incarnate, Jesus Christ, God's only son. And we read that in various passages. But let me read one important passage that will settle the issue. How can God be just and justify the wicked? Romans 3. And let me read to you. 
But now the righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith. You receive it by faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Jesus Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. And verse 26, he did it to demonstrate his justice. God is just and he punished sin, our sin. In his son. He's just. And justifier of those. Who have faith in Jesus. That's the genius. Of our salvation. Hallelujah. God is just. He punished our sins. Jesus died in our place. God justifies the sinner. Who believes in God's son. He is savior. He is king. And he is the stone. That can fall on every sinner. And be crushed to powder. Not only that he justifies. As our advocate. But he also sanctifies. Let's take a look at this. Because we don't want to hear this. We want this justification. But justification is linked to sanctification. What God has joined together. Let no one put asunder. If you are justified, you will live a holy life. So, this is the word of the Lord, verse 6, chapter 3 of Zechariah. The angel of the Lord gave this charge to Joshua. Not suggestion, charge. This is what the Lord Almighty says. If you, notice the conditionality. If you walk in my ways and keep my requirements. Complete discipleship. Following Jesus Christ. Rendering obedience to him. Living a holy moral life. Then you go home and read. He says I will give you authority. Authority. And not only that. It says I will give you access to my presence. Holy communion with God. Now I think that is true. You, you sin and you find out all of a sudden you have no fellowship with God. No communion with God. And he says you are justified. That's alright. From now on you live a holy life. Remember what Jesus said to the woman caught in the very act of adultery. God justified her in view of his death. And then he said what? Come on. Go and sin no more. But today, people want to go back into adultery. It's all right. God justified me. Doesn't work. If God justified you, you will live a holy life. And he's given authority. And he's given access. And then, look at the last verse. In that day, each of you with invite his neighbor to sit under his vine and fig tree declares the Lord that's a symbol of great peace that's what we are here we invited everybody who are justified 
and we are enjoying peace. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. It is the acme of contentment every human being is longing for, but it is given to us. Hallelujah. As a result of Holy Communion. Hallelujah. Peace with God. And peace of God that passes all human understanding. Guarding our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Shall we rise? Let me ask you questions. Number one, Joshua is filthy. He is guilty. He is to be condemned. He must die. That is true of everyone. Of the sons of Adam. Number two. Joshua cannot cleanse himself. He cannot save himself. All other religions are trying to tell you. You can save yourself. All other religions. They lack a redeemer. God man. Number three. Satan is the accuser. He is standing at your right hand and he's pointing to our filth before God number four thank God we have an advocate a competent one he never lost a case the angel of the Lord who became sinless man the suffering servant he died in our place the just for the unjust by his grace we are snatched out of the fire the fire of eternal hell. We are saved forever. All our sins are forgiven. And beyond that we are clothed with garments of salvation. Which is Christ's own perfect irreproachable righteousness. A resplendent brilliant garment. And I want to tell you. See what God has done. See I have removed all your sin see I have put on you garments that are rich and glorious see 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 understand exercise your brain rejoice in this great salvation once you see it you will jump up and down Walking and leaping and praising God for this great salvation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Satan, Satan tells God, condemn him, condemn him. He is filthy. Instead, he justifies his people. Hallelujah. You are priest, you are king, you are holy, you are a saint, you are righteous. Hallelujah. Number five, devil will come to accuse you, resist him by the gospel, and then throw the ink bottle at him. He shall flee. He fled from Joshua. He fled from Luther. He fled from Job. And he'll flee from you. Number six, live a holy life. Do not separate what God has joined together. Justification and what? Sanctification. Justified lives a holy life. A life of discipleship. Number seven. We are told they will be given authority. Hallelujah. Authority. God's authority. 
will come to you. And the boldness and the confidence. Number eight, you'll be given access to the very presence of God. And that's what we want, communion with the God. And all else forsake you. He will embrace you. Number nine. They will enjoy peace together with other saints. A peace that passes all human understanding. Peace with God and peace with everybody else. Let me ask you, are you filthy like Joshua? Are you worshipping God yet filthy at heart? No man can cleanse himself. Our problem is internal. Our hearts are wicked, full of sin and guilt. Now if this is true, know that. We have a Joshua who is greater than Joshua, the son of Josedek. We have Jesus, our great high priest. He alone can cleanse you right now. Right now, he says to you, see, I have taken away your sin. See, I have clothed you with rich garments. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is our pollution solution. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. No matter what, no matter how filthy you are, Jesus Christ is able to save you, help you. (laughs) Is that true? Your heart may condemn you. Maybe you are clothed with filthy garment. But no matter. This morning you have heard a savior. Who is eager. To save you. And to save everyone who comes to him. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. Will be what? Saved. Heavenly father we pray. That you forgive our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Clothe us with your rich garment. That we may resist the devil. And he will flee from us. That we may delight in God our Savior. Hallelujah. And enjoy peace forever and ever. Amen and amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of the sermon entitled, The Pollution Solution. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.